0: And welcome in. It's another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us on this weekend edition. The uh, Packers, as I tape this, will be taking on the New Orleans Saints coming up on Friday night. So tomorrow night, you can listen to that game in Milwaukee on your new flagship for Packers football, 97.3 The Game. Now, I say that with a lot of pride because I've been a part of that radio station now for almost, well, about a year and a half. Now, a little bit more than a year and a half. I started there in December of 2020. And a lot has been said over the last several days about one of my former Employers WSSP Radio. Uh, many of you over the last several years have known it as uh, either 105.7 The Fan or then more recently in the last couple of years as 1250 The Fan. Now, when I was there, uh, I started in January of 2007. So it was Sports Radio 1250 WSSP. Uh, that's what it was known as. And I never really called it the fan i still don't but i understand that a lot of you that listen to that and have listened to that radio station still refer to it as the fan and and i get that i was there for four and a half years and the radio station this past week if you don't follow milwaukee sports radio and maybe some of you don't but i know that a number of you do uh they pulled the plug on wssp radio earlier this week and they did it kind of unceremoniously the uh bean counters at Odyssey. Now, when I worked for them, they were called Intercom, but Station wasn't sold or anything like that. They just changed the name after they merged with CBS Radio. But uh, I was there for four and a half years, hosted The Morning Show, alongside Mike Wickett for those four and a half years. So it's been more than a decade since I worked there. But it was a great time uh, in my life. And one of the things that we tried to do at WSSP was be the voice of the fan. And that's why I think they named the station The Fan years later. It was the first full-time, 24-7, one-signal sports station in Milwaukee. I had a great time there. And the one thing that you knew, and and this is the one thing that I think and I hope that I've carried with me through the other stops in my career that I've had, whether it was WTMJ or ESPN, or you know even Yahoo Sports Radio when I was back doing national syndication for a short time and uh, you know based out of Houston or in the last year and a half that I've been at 97.3 the game we try to be the voice of you and that was the first station that that really did that on a 24/7 basis ESPN had existed they were on a daytime nighttime type of signal but we kind of broke some barriers and and I'm proud of that and. You know, the station signed on 17 years ago in 2005, and, you know, I guess it's still on the air, but doing just national syndication, just CBS Sports Radio, which I think is a shame because you need that local voice. I know others have talked about it, and you can certainly check out Mike Wickett's podcast. I think that he's probably going to be maybe the most vociferous about this, and I- I've heard a snippet of his podcast, Wickett on Wisconsin, which I'd certainly invite you to go take a listen to, especially if you're a fan of that radio station. I've said my piece on Facebook. I've said my piece on Twitter as well. I've kind of made my statement. I'm proud of my time that I spent there. I'm proud of what we were able to do while we were there. And I think that every local voice is important. And I know that it's easy to have been a competitor of that radio station for the last decade plus and just kind of dismiss it and say, well, nobody listened to it anyway. Which That's not not true. It was a radio station that still had its fervent, loyal listeners. I know a lot of people who said, well, after you got let go, I never listened to them again. And listen, it's a lovely thought, but I don't believe that necessarily for I think 99% of you, but it's a lovely thought nevertheless. So I think about those that, you know, I did get a chance to work with. I think I specifically pointed out we had four producers in the four and a half years that I was there. So I don't know what that says about us. We kind of went through producers pretty quickly, but uh, Marcus Paff, who's been a talk show host in the Fox Valley. Ryan Recker was one of our producers and uh, he did some fill in on WTMJ last week. Who's turned into, by the way, a fantastic talk show host. I don't know that he was a great producer, but, Forrest loved the guy. Don't know that he was a great producer for us, but he's turned himself into a fantastic talk show host. Uh, Kyle DeLobby was one of our producers. And then finally, Chuck Freeman, who I now work with again at iHeartRadio. Uh, He does mornings on WIBA in Madison and some other things for us at iHeartRadio. I'll always say that the more voices that you can give sports fans, the better. And one of those voices, unfortunately, now has been silenced. So uh, there are other options in town. Now, remember, when WSSP signed on, as I said, there was only one other sports radio station in Milwaukee, and they were a sunup, sundown radio station. They have evolved, and I was a part of that radio station for a while as well. But I would invite you to come over and and try us out at 97.3 The Game. Give us a chance to earn your business Uh, We hope we can do that. We've got a great, in my opinion, I think we've got a great local lineup from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m., and uh, all we talk is Wisconsin sports and, and again, your new home for the Packers. But uh, I understand that there are a lot of people that are hurting right now. Certainly the uh, employees that have been let go, they're hurting. But the listeners, you guys, the fans, uh, you guys are hurting as well. Uh, WSSP was a radio station that had its most loyal listeners, and that's to be admired. That's admirable. I've heard from some of you on social media. And, again, I guess all I would say is that there are other choices, but certainly my heart goes out to those that did lose their jobs at WSSP. But Mike Wickett talked a lot about it on his podcast, Wicket on Wisconsin, and I I think that he's got uh, maybe a different perspective on it than I do. He was there uh, a lot longer than I was. I was there for four and a half years. I believe he was there for more than 10 years. Chuck Freeman has said some things, I think, mostly on social media. You know, who's right, who's wrong, You know, At the end of the day, radio is still a business, and you still have to pay your bills, and you still have investors, and you still have stockholders, and things like that. So it's a difficult situation for certainly everybody involved. I did want to acknowledge it. It was a great four and a half years that I got to spend there, and I made lifelong friends. I made friends that I consider family now. I wouldn't trade the experience that I had at WSSB for anything. It brought me back to Milwaukee. I was in Chicago for seven years, and Ryan McGuire recruited me out of Sporting News Radio, brought me back home. And I'm forever grateful to Ryan for that. You know, Milwaukee's a special place. It has brought me back home twice. Brought me back home from Chicago, brought me back home from Houston. And ironically enough, it brought Ryan back to Milwaukee as well after he was gone for, gosh, I think more than a decade. And then Ryan came back because he's got some family ties here as well. And now he's running my number one competitor. He's running ESPN and WTMJ, my former employer. Everything is full circle. I know that the cream always rises to the top. So the folks that did lose their jobs at WSSP, there's going to be a place for them. I don't know where. I don't know when. But I know that it's going to happen because they were a talented group. Anyway, as long as we're talking about the old radio station, thought I'd bring back a conversation that I had with my former co-host, Mike Wickett. This is less than a year ago. We just kind of reminisced about some old times as well. And I uh, thought you might enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, it'll bring a smile to some of your faces that do miss the old doug and mike show and listen you guys made us into rock stars and you guys made us feel like rock stars i'll forever be grateful for that because it was such an incredible experience you guys made it what it was so this is a conversation that i had with mike Wickett about a year not quite a year ago thought you might enjoy it as we uh, kind of reminisced uh, about some old times
1: mike thanks for joining me today Doug, when you say it like that, it makes me actually, for the first time, begin to feel really, really radio old. Like, I've felt old all the time. Ever since, like, you hit 35 and up, you start going... But when you say it was a decade ago and I started thinking and doing the math, I'm like, God bless. (laughs) If I could go back and talk to 2008 Doug and Mike, man, (laughs) they wouldn't believe what 2020 Mike Wicket was doing. Yeah. All right. So let's
0: catch people in that same vein. then Let's catch people up a little bit because uh, we did that show from 2007. And I say this when I say that it seemed like it was longer than that. I mean that in a good way. I know that this doesn't always come off when you say oh, it seemed like forever but I mean that in a good way it was a four year run it felt like four decades right 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 but the the amount of messages that I still I don't know if you are, are get the same amount of messages that I do about it or when I just encounter people man I used to listen to you and Mike on 1250 every morning I mean this was a four about four and a half years that we did that show from 2000, early 2007 to June of 2011 so that's a little bit more than four years for about four and a half years I still get messages about it all the time and I know you were there longer than I was but that's that's when people hear my name that's what they immediately associate me with most more than anything else
1: that's amazing uh yeah I mean I I get my fair share of man I listen to you and Doug and then you know I listen to you and Chuck and I, and and all that I listen to all the old school guys I'm the fan I mean there's been a little turnover at that radio station but a lot of it still remains the same I just I it seems like a two lifetimes ago that you and I were on the air together, and it seems even longer than that, that I was on the phone with our former boss, Ryan McGuire, and I remember um, in 2000, the end of 2006, he left Ann Arbor to come to Milwaukee, and then there was a job opening to be your producer, and he called me for it, and I said, no, I think if I went from mornings in small market Ann Arbor to producing mornings, it would be a horizontal move. I'm not going to take it. Then I saw in the trades you were looking for a co-host, Doug. <laughs> and that's right. when I said, I need to get back on the phone with Ryan and we need to try to work this out. And do you remember it was New Year's Eve Eve okay. that I drove to Milwaukee with my then girlfriend at the time. I left her at the mall and then I drove <laughs> I left her at Bayshore Mall and then I drove and John Audius and I Right. Both interviewed with you or fake showed with you, and we got done, and I then got in the car, and the girlfriend and I drove back to, to Detroit <laughs> that Couldn't night. Couldn't spend the night? I mean, no. you could have at least gotten a hotel room or something. I think we did the night before. Okay. I, th- I think Entercom had put us up in the night before, but we drove back that night, and it was like- All right, let's see if it works. And then, you know, you get the phone call and and you make the big life change to come to a city you've never been to before in Milwaukee. And, you know, I I, I will tell you a lot. I learned so much from doing that show with you. First of all, I learned more about baseball doing that show with you because I came from Ann Arbor and it was Michigan football and it was Michigan basketball. And, yeah, we touched on the Lions, but it was all U of M stuff but I learned more about baseball specifically in my years working with you because of what a damn diehard baseball nerd you are. Uh, But just to learn about the Brewers and the history of the Brewers and what the the Brewers and their terrible history record-wise, what they mean to the city of Milwaukee and the entire state. So the thing I took most of it was, yeah, we had a lot of fun and we had a lot of cool interviews and whatnot, but... I would not have had the continued success after you were asked to not come in the building anymore, <laughs> with a,
0: which is a kind way to put that. I, I, I wasn't asked, Mike. I'm, I'll, uh, I'll put it that way.
1: <laughs> please don't come back, sir. Uh, but without doing, you know, Brewers baseball with you, and I got there in January of 07, so right. we had a whole season before Ryan Braun was even a thing. Like, that's how long ago it was. Like, that's what I took away – from working with you the most was an enhanced baseball knowledge because you beat it into me every day.
0: Well, I mean, and the thing about Milwaukee sports is you kind of have to yes. uh, because in, in the summertime, there's, I mean, th- the Packers are out there. There's still, you know, there's mini camps, there's OTAs, there's things like that, and they exist. But you remember at the time, the Bucks were the, the worst thing you can be, not only in the NBA, but the worst thing that you can be in sports is irrelevant. And that's what the Bucks were. They were just irrelevant. Nobody cared and the brewers were a good young and up-and-coming team and like you mentioned ryan braun was still in the minor leagues that first yeah. month and a half that that uh, the the brewer's season started and i remember that you and i would have doug melvin on every once in a while and it's like so when's ryan braun coming up and i remember the there are a number of things that stick out to me about it but i remember the morning after braun was first called up and the brewers were in san diego um i remember having doug melvin on with you and me that morning and I w- just wanted to know something about Ryan. Just tell us a little bit about something. And the, the, the phraseology that Doug Melvin used was, well, he's a very confident young
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Ryan Broad is definitely confident. I think in his, in his maturing years, meaning as he turned 30 and whatnot, that cockiness seemed to die off. And he, became, he realized he wasn't the superstar that, that he was. Um, I remember. Is Michael? Where is Michael Hunt still around in Milwaukee? No, uh, he's not. He retired from the Journal Sentinel. Okay, and he's living
0: somewhere in Europe. I should know this. Is he living in Europe? That's yes. amazing. Yes, uh, he is he, Switzerland or Sweden or somewhere there. I, I should. It's all the Denmark same. It, it,
1: it doesn't one, really it's, matter. It's one
0: of the Nordic countries. I, I should know. I don't. I'll, I'll fact check this later. But yes, he's living in Europe right now.
1: I remember when he, and Michael wasn't the most fun guy to be around. I mean, when we would, the rare times Michael would come on, he was a grump and he's just not the most fun dude ever. But I remember his column or a, a, a quote from him that said, well, you might as well put Braun's name. I mean, he was serious. And now that Braun's called up, you might as well put his name up and retire it because he expected Braun to be that good. And you can argue that Braun is one of the top three, four brewers of all time. I mean, I know what happened with Dino Lorenzi and and all of that but you know that it it feels like that was my introduction to Brewers baseball was and I remember you quoting it make September relevant yep. and I didn't realize that you had not really had relevant you know Septembers in in Milwaukee and then it was the Ryan Braun era with Prince Fielder and Corey and Ricky and Giovanni and, and that era of Brewers baseball. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. These guys compete for the playoffs all the time. Right,
0: right, right. <laughs> uh, but they didn't. It was 26 years since. They, I mean, <laughs> this, what, is this, 26? this is 26. I had never heard that before. I, I really I don't. <laughs> it, it, you're right. it The way I put it is, okay. now that it looks like Ryan Braun's career with the Brewers may finally be over, especially now that it doesn't look like the National League is bringing back the designated hitter for 2021 and beyond. But in Ryan Braun's lifetime, from the time that he was born until 2008, the Brewers had not gotten to the playoffs ever. Yeah. Since he's gotten to Milwaukee, they've been there six times now. So I think that's... Yeah. No, now it is. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's uh, are, are these expanded or five times I should say. be around? Five times not six. I misspoke. But um no, it's not and they should I don't think they should be. I mean, 16 teams was ridiculous. You had teams like well the Brewers had a losing record to get yeah. into the playoffs. The the Astros almost made it to the World Series with a losing record this year. So, it's a, just because I think of the 60 game COVID weirdness, it was just you know, it, it, they they needed to do something to make I think the World Series a little bit more Relevant, and you know you've got the two number one seeds going at it in the World Series right now, which has turned out to be pretty compelling between the, the Dodgers and the Rays. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, I
1: think. Th- I, and look, I don't want to see sixteen come in, and I think that's ridiculous. But I think it was a really, really smart move because baseball. I don't know if you've heard it's it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Once or twice, um, <laughs> because you, I mean you teams aren't who they are after 30 games or 40 games or 60 games. I mean, it's, it's always like you get to Memorial day and then you can kind of look at the standings and figure that's where most of it's going to be by the time we get to September. I mean, the, the nationals, as you know, didn't, they didn't win. They would not have been in the playoffs, you know, after 60 games in 2019, and they mm-hmm. went on to win the World Series. So I, I kind of liked it from that standpoint is get more teams in, give more teams a chance to win, and and, and darn it, we got a good World Series right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the, the, the final thing that I'll say about the old show i mean we did it was kind of couched as a reunion show a few weeks ago it was on the bill michaels radio network it was a packer centric show at times it kind of felt like
1: bill was there but he wasn't there which no i'm glad bill i will actually i was pretty thrilled that you and i had bill on our show (laughs) (laughs) it was so cool of bill michaels To join us right. on the Doug and Mike show, <laughs> the 2020 reboot. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm eternally grateful for for Bill and, and uh, Joe Zanzola's his producer, for reaching yeah. out to us. That yeah. was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you would realize this, but apparently, as the feedback has, has gotten back to me a little bit, it started a lot of rumors that we were getting the band back together.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think what people was the, the feedback I got from it was they liked it that our mics were still on because I was streaming it over Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. I got and that, too, people were yeah. listening to you and I. They were like, I like the, the behind-the-scenes conversation. Um, I have not been contacted by anyone to work with, Doug. Um, right. My, I'm, I'm currently a free agent. Doug, I know you're a free agent. We're both free agents. But as of right now, no one has contacted me to join you anywhere other than you right now.
0: I can confirm that as well. I mean, you're okay, doing – Okay, okay. Yes, that, uh, but it, it's, <laughs> it started some rumors – Around town, so we'll just dispel that right now. You're doing the right. your family thing right now, and I know that that's not in the office. It did kind of make me feel good, though, that maybe we were onto something back in the day, though.
1: That's all yeah. I'll say about that. Oh, I mean, and to go back to your question, like 12 minutes ago or whatever it was, <laughs> I mean, people still remember that being, you know, because tw- I don't know what 1250 was before you and I got there. I mean, it it seemed to have um, Peter a Brown, t- Peter uh, a Peter Brown tone, and I I only know of Peter from stories like having strippers in and it just having a different feel than when you and I got there. And I didn't know anything about Milwaukee sports. So I definitely played second fiddle and, and watched you and Sparky and Gary and Cliff. And it felt like when we got together and the rest of the shows kind of moved themselves around, it felt like the, the station had a more professional sound to it than what was the previous regime. If that makes sense.
0: I think they were trying to figure some things out when the the station first launched. Because you remember that before WSSP launched, there was only one station, WAUK, which at the time, I, I'd have to go back and, and figure out the timeline of, of when Good Karma made it a daytime, nighttime. But it yeah. was it was only during the day. And then the station went dark. And then they got a nighttime signal as well. So it was on like
1: 1510 yeah, and I forgot like that
0: it was fifteen ten during the day, and was five forty, or was that not even no five forty didn't know. exist yet. Five forty okay. was, was something I didn't know
1: if there was another. It was like five forty, and then fifteen. T- I know fifteen ten was one of them, right. but I can't remember if that was day or night. I don't
0: I, know. I think that was, I think that was the daytime, but I'm not. I'm not hundred percent sure. But so there was there wasn't a twenty four seven sports station. WTMJ did a sports show at night and did all the play by play, of course but SSP was really the first 24/7 the same signal sports station
1: in Milwaukee and now there's 3 of them yeah exactly <laughs> you now it's and 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 I know that the fan just turned off their FM and they're only AM but I mean at the time I I remember I was when I was in Kansas City up until last winter I'm like do we do we really need 3 FM sports talk stations in Market size thirty eight or whatever Milwaukee is right now. You know how many FM sports talk stations there are in Chicago? Uh, Zero, none. Yeah, none. None. There are none in Chicago, and at the time there were three in Milwaukee. I'm like, something does not seem right. Well,
0: I I can you know pile it on a little bit more. Five forty ESPN still exists as an all ESPN. They do some high school uh, football and basketball on five forty ESPN, but that's the national. ESPN outlet in Milwaukee, so that's four, and then WOKY, the big 920, 920. is all Fox <laughs> oh Sports God. Radio as well. So there, if you count those, there are five stations that do sports in Milwaukee, and TMJ, who still does all of the uh, all the play by play. So that's nuts.
1: I mean, how many country stations are there? How many hip hop stations are there? Is there a, 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 I know there's two big news talk stations. It feels like. Milwaukee could probably use some other new, different kind of format, but I, I have no idea. I'm not a programmer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so catch people up to date. You left
0: Milwaukee to go to Kansas City when, and then you were doing political talk for a while in KC. I,
1: uh, I, I started dating my wife, um, Lee, and she was the assistant program director and music director in Milwaukee for uh, KISS-FM. And a guy by the name of Tony Lorino, who used to work at The Mix in the same building, he was down in Kansas City programming uh, a radio station. And then he got a job in Atlanta and recommended Lee for the job. And Lee and I had just moved in together. And when I say just moved in together, we had just gotten our dream Third Ward apartment, the one she always wanted, Doug. It was right across from the Summerfest grounds. We walked to Summerfest, the one Summerfest we lived there, because when I drove the moving truck back, the U-Haul back, Doug, I came in in moving sweat, and I walk into the dream apartment she had to have in the third ward, and Kansas City was on the other end saying that they were hiring (laughs) her that day. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So she got the job as the program director down there, and – um our boss, Tom Parker in Milwaukee talked with the intercom cluster where she was also working. Like it was all intercom. Um, and she, or I'm sorry, and their boss and my boss got on the phone and started talking like, is there a way we can make this work? And this was before like COVID made this much more normal than it was back in 2015 when this happened. Sure. Can I use a studio in Kansas city and do the show in Milwaukee along with Chuck Freeman and and Bart Winkler, uh, who are on the other ends, can can that work? And they rigged a studio up and it was mine and I would go in at, you know, five thirty in the morning or whatever, and this little studio dug, I could touch all the walls at the same time. Like it was lit it was a broom closet. And I would do the show there. And the thing was like then if you weren't in Milwaukee or you weren't in a city, the thinking was that was bad. Whereas now, I don't think it matters anymore as long as you're familiar with the town. I mean, hell, Zabin does the show in, on on the game, and I don't know if he's ever actually been to Wisconsin other than the one time. <laughs> you right, know? yeah. So for 11 months, I lived a double life that only a few people knew about. My friends in Kansas City knew about it. My close friends in Milwaukee knew about it. Maybe more people knew than I actually think. But I would do the show... Um, in Milwaukee and be living my life in Kansas City but you would never see me post pictures on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter we lied to people basically <laughs> uh, they flew me in for different events like the t- toy drive or even once just to take stock photos at Miller Park like sure. this was this was a covert operation for in a, like a slow
0: release throughout the season yeah, take about 200 exactly. pictures and then yeah. like, they always seem to be playing the Reds I don't Man, know what that yeah, all about they have the I don't same know.
1: seats every time <laughs> Uh, But then an opportunity came up to live my real life on a news talk station, KMBZ, Big FM news talk station, uh, doing the midday show, and I had actually filled in. I would go down the hall after I got off the air at 10 and do the show from 10 until 2, and I became friends with the woman. And lo and behold, the guy half of that show in 2016 got a gig in Seattle, Um, later fired by our old boss, Ryan McGuire. <laughs> you know,
0: they say that radio is the same 100 people going after the same 99 jobs. Right. So, yeah, it,
1: it, it pretty much it's is all um, cyclical. So I, I started doing the show. and It's it it was it's a news talk station on a center. I mean, the, the market is very is very Republican. It's a very conservative area. Um, our AM signal carried Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, you know, the, that kind of programming. And we were all local from morning until night. And. I it was kind of like when I started working with you and I started working with Mil, in in Milwaukee like I didn't know anything about Kansas City. I had a year to kind of learn the, the street names and where the you know where the pool was. Right. But I learned more about local Kansas and Missouri government and meeting local officials and talking to people uh in Kansas City kind of the way I did with Milwaukee in those 3 years and it was very very different. Like sports and Uh, Was it Tom Looney? Yeah, Tom Looney calls it the toy department of radio. Yep, Sports radio really is fun. I didn't dislike my time in Kansas City. It just was not as fun as doing sports talk because everything is so serious. Like when the Parkland shooting happened, we spent a lot of time talking about Parkland. Um, You know, politics-wise, we learned after about a year, stop talking about D.C. politics because you just split the audience I lean left. My co-host leaned left. We're in a conservative area. Those who want to hear about Trump and company, go to Rush Limbaugh, go to Hannity. You don't want to hear my opinion on Trump and vice versa. Like, if you don't want to hear about Trump, you don't want to hear me talking about Trump. The thing is, Doug, as soon as we stopped talking about Trump, our ratings skyrocketed. Our ratings went way up. We were like That surprises me. 13th, 11th, 10th. We went up. When I left, we were second with men in the ratings. We were second with women in the ratings. We were second in overall persons in the ratings because we stopped talking Trump.
0: So is that the biggest difference then between political radio and sports radio is that, I mean, look, I think sports for for the most part, from my experience, is local as well. I mean, we could talk uh, you know, about the World Series until we're blue in the face, but I don't know how many people who are listening to
1: this really
0: care about the Dodgers and the Rays right now.
1: That it's it's mostly that, you know, and I think the biggest difference, I mean, when you cover a big breaking story, it's kind of the same thing. Like if there is, um, you know, election night, you're hammering with political consultants. You want to get somebody on from both sides of the campaign. If you're you know covering the Missouri governor's race or whatever, you're going to have people on just like if there's a new hire. You're going to get, you know, somebody from, you know, the the, the Brewers on, someone who covers the Brewers. You're going to get, okay, so where was Craig Council before this? Let's talk about what kind of manager he was in his last stop. Like, you're going to do kind of the same things, just the names change. The biggest difference in my time doing news talk radio versus uh, sports talk radio is if you're on Doug and you're on TMJ and you're doing a, a, a post-game show or you're doing a talk show or whatever when you're at ESPN – everybody, for the most part, is rooting for the same team. You may not want to get there the same way. We're all rooting for the Packers. But some people think that the Packers waste a draft pick. Some people think that the Packers did a great job on the draft pick. But at the end of the day, everybody wants the Packers to win. What I learned is when I get on the air and we start talking politics, half the people want me to fail. Half because of Especially as divisive as we are right now, and I'm kind of glad I'm not doing that during Biden Trump in this run because half the people think that whatever you're saying is wrong and you're an idiot and you're you know this or that and on both sides, everybody's rooting for the Packers to win everybody's on the same team that's not the case when you do an opinionated talk show focused on everyday issues when you dip into that political world it's it's as it's as nasty as it can be and I've been I mean, I've had death threats on our text line down there. I got called, my co-host is a female and a text line has no names, just has phone numbers. And my partner, Jamie, got called every name in the book. And it's all by men because women aren't that mean to each other. But it was just, it's, it, it got really nasty. And there were some times I would come home and Lee would say, are you okay? And I said, just a rough show today. You know, we, we, we were talking about the Kavanaugh hearings and it just was, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It just mm-hmm. wears on you when half the people are calling you names and you have to have a strong back to do it. Whereas baseball, you know, Brewers lose, Packers lose the NFC title game. You're sad, but your life goes on. You know, it's, it's just a football game.
0: Do you think you'd ever do political radio again if the opportunity arose?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I'd like to not. <laughs> I'd like to not be hated. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I need to move to Seattle or New York for that, but I'd like to not be hated. I mean, I've filled in a couple of times uh here in Des Moines on WHO, the huge 50,000 watt heritage station. It's been around since 1923. I think it's a couple of days older than TMJ. I think WLS might be older, or WGN might be older in Chicago. Um but it covers the entire state and I've filled in for a guy. I mean, the station Carries Rush Limbaugh in the afternoon. So you know that it's got a very conservative base. And I came in and I tried to play very down the middle and not political at all. The couple of times I filled in and I got called socialist. I got called liberal idiot. And I was like, listen, the point of this conversation was, have you lost friends to politics because of, you know, whether they're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter or whatever? Have you lost friends and why? And tell me your story. And both sides had good stories, but I'm a liberal idiot for bringing it up. So then how do you handle this election?
0: I mean, I know you're not on the radio full time doing it like you were at KMBZ with Jamie. But how do you handle this election that has been so nasty? I think it's even nastier than what we saw four years ago between Trump and Clinton. uh, And, you know, we're a week and and a day out from the final day of voting.
1: I used to be a Facebook fighter, Doug. I used to be a Twitter Trump trasher. And I have realized a couple of things. One, there is no point. There really is no point, Uh, especially this deep in it. Even like three months ago, um, you're not going to change anyone's mind with any fact that you present to them on whatever, whether they're a Biden supporter and they don't believe that somebody said this or they're a Trump supporter and you, you're like, well, he's actually lying here for the umpteenth time. You're not changing anybody's mind. Like that to me is one of the biggest things about this is we are so stu- stuck in our ways as a country um, that you're never going to get the diehards to listen and the diehards are the loudest ones. They're the ones that post the ridiculous, baseless, informationless memes and all that stuff. Like, it drives me nuts to see some of the stuff on Facebook. And there was one day when uh, Lee walked in, my wife walked in to our bedroom where I have my little studio built. And I'm over here and I'm just typing away, Doug, and you can hear the keys going like I'm writing a novel. And she said, what are you doing? Are you writing a book? And I said, no, I'm responding to someone on Facebook. (laughs) And you Erica, feel like said, an idiot. Hey, Erica said the same thing to me on occasion right? as well. So, so I,
0: I get it. And I've, I've stopped. I've just gotten to the point where, all right, so I try.
1: I've tried to stop <laughs> as much see? as I can. And, and you just, it, there's, no, there's no point in arguing with people. And she has noticed that since I stopped working at KMBZ and have backed off a little, or when I did back off a little on Facebook and Twitter, I was in a better mood. And when I'm in a better mood, she is in a better mood. When I'm in a better mood, I'm more active with the children. We have three babies running around here. So I've really pulled back. I mean, I, I haven't gotten into a good Facebook fight in weeks, Doug, and I feel okay with it. Like I've got some family on...
0: members I can direct you to if you ever have the No, edge. no,
1: I'm, I'm good. Okay. I am good okay. on that. Okay. You know how like, you have to work on your own soul <laughs> before you can you can change things? Right. You have to work on you? Like, I need to fix me. <laughs> before I fix anything else in my world. So I've stopped, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet a thing or two every few days, but there's just no point. You know, I hope this country gets better. It it needs to be healed. And um, my mom is like, did you, I watched 42 minutes of the first debate and that was all I could handle. I didn't watch the third debate or the second debate, whatever. I watched pretty much all the democratic convention. i dipped in once in a while on the Republican National Convention just to hear Trump Jr.'s girlfriend yell at me. Um, it was, you know, there, there's I don't know if it really matters if you if you argue and fight with people. So I've i tried to not do that.
0: All right. So you're also doing some podcasting right now as well. Uh, originally, I said, no, no, no more than 15 minutes. And we'll talk mostly about football. <laughs> well, that went right to shit. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, you do a couple of podcasts, including one right after the uh, Packers game ends. How how does that work? Because I saw you on Twitter right after the Packers beat up on the Texans, saying I'm doing a podcast, and this was like the dust from the gunpowder from the final gun hadn't even cleared yet, and you're already doing a podcast.
1: Um, yeah, I the the podcast is called Wicked on Wisconsin, and it's you know wherever you find them, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. And it when we when I was getting done with my radio career putting it on hold I said Lee I think I'm gonna do a podcast about being a father I'm gonna I'm gonna call it check out my dad pod and she said that's good you should do a sports one too I said well I was gonna do this dad one she said that's fine what do people know you for and I said well doing sports and stuff mostly from Milwaukee okay you should do a sports one and this was back in December and I'm like okay fine I'll do I'll I'll do two that that'll work and I I decided to do both and that you know I'll get to the dad one in a second But the Wisconsin one is, again, goes back to working with you and then working with Chuck and being in Milwaukee for so long. Like, I took all of my Wisconsin fandom with me down to Missouri, and and really, it blew up because now I don't have to be an objective radio host talking about it and be fair. I could just become a fan and wear ridiculous outfits out to bars and, you (laughs) know— I can drink 12 beers while watching Packers game. Couldn't do that most of the time because I had to wake up the next morning. So, like, I could be a fan of those teams, and I took it with me, and I still hold on to it. I still carry the G, Doug, is what I'm trying to say. So um, I decided that as soon as the game is over, I can't do a call-in show. Um, I can't do a post game show. I know there's like seven of them on those five radio stations in all over. (laughs) Everybody's got to have one. Um, so I just come in with, you know, the things I've written down during the game, the stuff that I've tweeted out during the game and I put it into about 20 minutes or so. And then I read people's tweets about it, you know, on, on the post game show as well. And then, uh, I learned how to do a little bit of video, um, from our old friend Jim Morales, actually. Mo taught me some of the video nice. stuff that I do. So I, I was doing a, a, you know, during the Bucks playoff was going on, I was doing a a, a Wicked on Wisconsin podcast every other night because I would do one right after the Bucks game, you know, shorter 10 minutes or whatever, and then, you know, get that up and on. And then whenever news happens, whether it's a big trade or a game or whatever, um, I try to do one as well because, I st- like I said, I still care about Wisconsin sports You know, I have more of a a connection to them. I have a more of a an inside knowledge, I think, and I can relate more to Wisconsin sports fans, whether it's Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers or whatever, more than anything. And that and I spent, you know, my life in Michigan and, and down in Kansas City, but I I remember my last day on the air, I was I cried, shocking. But I remember saying that I'm gonna be a Packers fan for the rest of my life. And I still believe that to be true. Uh, so that's, that's kind of why I decided to, to do the podcast to make sure I get it done after every Packers game because that's what people want to hear about. That's what people want to talk about.
0: How often do you do both that and your uh, dad podcast?
1: I used to do them both weekly, um, and that became a lot because um, chasing around three babies and I do some freelance news for a small market in Indiana. I don't have all the hours to track down a dad Every single week, so I've kind of put the dad one on an every other, every three week kind of hiatus.
0: So, what was Just, that? What, what's that email or that that uh, that podcast all about? What is that? What, tell me about that because I think a lot of people understand that you do a sports podcast, but what's the dad podcast about?
1: It was my original idea because I am a I'm a rare breed. A stay at home dad is not necessarily something that uh, happens all that much. You know, you traditionally the the family is mom stays home or both parents work. Usually, Dad's not the one staying home. Well, when my wife got this, we were in Kansas City and my wife was pregnant with twins, she gave birth to three babies in fifty weeks. Um, yeah, every any women that are listening to this, if there's a woman listening to this podcast that has had kids, that they know. Good God um she got an opportunity she got a a a job offer to be the program director at the radio station she started at 20 years ago as an intern in Des Moines uh and and she took that on the the agreement I said well what if I stop working can you afford you know does the salary afford us a home the cars we need because we have a minivan (laughs) and 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 hers (laughs) of course and I thought well I'm gonna I'm going to podcast about my life as a stay-at-home dad staying home with three babies because my oldest right now is 21 months. The twins are nine months, and that's a weird story. And that's, to me, what podcasting is about. Like, Doug, you tell stories on this podcast about whatever you know the topic is that day, whether it's Wisconsin sports, Wisconsin politics, Wisconsin media, whatever. You know about that. I'm learning as I go about being a dad And I'm telling that story. And what I like to do every week is have a guest dad of the week on. And what I found after about six or seven of these, the guest dad of the week is the most interesting part of this. And I get a regular dad. You know, I don't have a whole lot of celebrity connection. I can't call up Matthew McConaughey and be like, all right, all right, all right. Come on my podcast. Um, I will get my friends on, connections. People get recommended to me. And they tell their story about being a dad and whether they I mean, I have, uh, you know, the George Floyd protests were going on. I had a couple of, of friends who are black and they had kids recently, very recently. And I asked them what their ideas were of raising, you know, African-American kids in America in 2020 and beyond or teachers during the pandemic. Um, you know, my brother in law's brother in law got that. <laughs> He's a teacher here in West Des Moines. And I, what's it like being a parent? and being a teacher when at the time nobody had any plan of who was doing virtual, who was doing in home or, you know, at home, all that stuff in classroom learning. So I try to talk to dads about their story and their life. And then also if I can relate it to an issue going on in the country at that time, or it's a, if I figure it's an issue, that's an important one for dads to hear. Like I had a dad on Dave hero, our friend, Mr. Wrestling in Milwaukee. He, uh, went through something that's very, very difficult in Wisconsin, and that's obtaining custody of your kid. And that's, that was one of the most interesting podcasts I had because in the state of Wisconsin, it's difficult for dads to get custody. And he fought and fought and fought and finally got it and raised his kid to be a wonderful young man. So those are the kinds of things, Doug, that we talk about and Check Out My Dad Pod, um, and it's, it's, it's going pretty well. Um, it recently won two awards at the Wisconsin Podcast Awards show a couple of weeks ago for Best Family Podcast and Best New Podcast. So I can put that on my refrigerator.
0: Nice. I didn't know that was a thing, so I guess I'll be gunning for that next I was
1: gonna, you may, year. You may want to contact my friend Allison Phillips. Okay. Uh, and uh, she will get you hooked up with Edge Podcasting and the Wisconsin Podcast Association. I'll Fair. get you that off the air.
0: Okay. Very nice. <laughs> um, like like I said uh, about 40 minutes ago, uh, I wanted to... <laughs> This is, this is like one of our shows sometimes. Yeah, exactly. This is You know what it reminds me of? And I've told this story a thousand times about what makes a good radio show and, and why you can't always just do sports. And I tell the Crocs story. And I know you know what the Croc story is. But for those who don't know what the Crocs story is, it was I think it was the first time that SSP had sent you and me to Packers training camp. And it was Monday morning. And it was still dark outside. We were at the Midway Hotel, which is right across the street from, I mean, if anybody's ever been up to Green Bay, you know exactly where the Midway Hotel is. I it's... loved
1: and hated that week. Like, I loved it because it was cool, but I hated it because it was exhausting. It was very exhausting. Because... It was an exhausting week, but it was cool to be at Packers training camp. Sorry. Be- because and, and when we
0: got off the air at, uh, well, they started practice at about 8.30, we got off the air at 9 o'clock. So then we would just take the short walk over to the key practice facility and watch the, the Packers work out. But at 4.55, we started the show at <laughs> 5 o'clock. At 4.55, you roll in, yep. lo- looking like absolute hell. I love you, brother, but no. you, I mean, just... Like, I was
1: probably at the bar the night before. Maybe at the bar we were broadcasting from seven hours before. <laughs> it's possible because you're still wearing your pajamas. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, and you were wearing
0: these Michigan Crocs, and have them. and I'm sure you do. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. And I, like the, in the first minute of the show, I'm like, what in the hell are you wearing? And we had a three-hour discussion about Crocs that yeah. lasted in and out for the better part of a week. The mm-hmm. whole week that we were up there and They're really comfortable. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they are. But that's to me, that's just an example of, you know, sometimes when the show goes off the rails, we got more calls, more emails, more you know, you name it, more feedback from that stupid
1: aside than oh. I think
0: anything else we
1: ever did. Did you do you remember when Cliff Saunders admitted he couldn't ride a bike? Yes. Like, yes, that's another example. Like, who cares what the Packers did in the draft? Like Cliff can't ride a bike. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff. Yes. Is is, I mean, when I was in Kansas City, we were it it was just one of those things. My partner and I were coming back from a break and we we were talking about like cooking at food for yourself. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I got the onion out and then I, I, I took the pasta noodles and I broke them in half and I threw them in the pot and she stopped me. And I said, what? She said, what did you just say? I said, "Well, like, got the onion, then I got the noodles, and I broke them, and I threw them in the pot. You did what to the noodles?" And my partner, her last name is Monticelli, like she's a hundred percent Italian, yeah. and that was like an insult to her and her culture <laughs> that I would break the spaghetti noodles <laughs> before putting them in the in the pot. We did forty-five minutes on no. whether or not, and we we must have taken you know thirty phone calls about whether or not you're supposed to break pasta noodles before, and I think you do, so you don't have like a softball-sized ball of noodle on the end of your fork. But that's just me. Like, that's the fun stuff, and that that applies in a news format or a sports format or... Or whatever, as long as people can relate to it, that's what makes talk radio so much fun.
0: Thousand percent, thousand percent. All right, so you did a podcast after the Packers game today. I do want yes. to circle back to that um, eventually, <laughs> but the the tangent was mine, so I I, I will take full a thousand percent ownership of that. Um, what do you think of this team right now? I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked fantastic a, a week after looking like hot garbage against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but. Um, and I know that the uh, Texans—they've got some problems on defense. Certainly, um, they had been getting after the quarterback, but Aaron stayed pretty clean today.
1: The Packers are what five and one now, and they have beaten teams with a combined record. Their their opponents' record is ten and twenty three. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the if you're keeping score at home, going into tonight's game, the Seahawks have beaten teams with a combined record of nine and twenty three. So it's not like there's a ton of world beaters at the top of the NFC. Um, If you look at the Packers-Buccaneers game, which is all, look, who cares if they beat the Texans, right? Like that doesn't matter. They're supposed to
0: beat the Texans.
1: And they're supposed to beat Minnesota, you know, seven days after we record this. But what happens four days after that when they play San Francisco? What happened a week ago with Tampa Bay? If you look at Tampa as a one-game vacuum, you're like, ah, it was a clunker. But if you look at the Matt LaFleur era, they get out physical by San Diego. They get out physical by San Francisco twice. And then they get beat up by Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa didn't have to do a lot. The game just really got out of hand really quick with the pick six, then the second interception returned to the two. All of a sudden, everything in that game flipped, and I think the Packers panicked. Um, I think it's so funny, Doug, because you, you're like, you look at Tampa Bay. And they lost to the Saints, and they won a couple, then lost to the Bears. And you're like, ah, what a joke. The Bears aren't any good. At some point, we may have to actually start taking the Bears seriously. Um, Tampa put a hurtin' on Oakland, L.A., Vegas, whatever they are now, on the Raiders today. So losing to Tampa isn't the end of the world, I don't feel like. I do want to see what they do against what a team I think can actually win the NFC, and that's San Francisco. I mean, they don't have one of the Bosa's anymore because he got hurt. But if the Packers offensive line and their quarterback can't handle a blitzing pass rush where they get pressure, 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 if they can't do it again, then I really worry about what happens if they see San Francisco or somebody like that in the postseason. you know, like, is this just how the Packers are where when they lose, they lose by, a huge margin. They don't lose by two points under Matt Lafleur. They lose by 15 or 20 or 38 to 10. Um, I think they're fine, I want to say. Cautiously optimistic. Um, I would love to see a receiver added at the deadline or J.J. Watt brought home. Imagine that defensive line, Doug. If you've got uh, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, J.J. Watt, and Kenny Clark. I mean, that... That front coming at you would be nasty. It would give the ball back to Aaron more times than they're they're used to. So there is definite room for improvement. They're one of the five best teams in the NFC, which is what I thought before the season, and it's how I feel going into week eight. Yeah, I, sp- eight.
0: I spoke with uh, Sean Pendergast, who I worked with in Houston. He does the morning show on the Texans flagship station, and I asked him specifically about J.J. Watt and – There's a feeling down there that his days in Houston might be somewhat numbered and fans wouldn't blame him because of how mismanaged his whole career has been. He's got a Hall of Fame career, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. There's only been one other player that's ever done that, and that's Lawrence Taylor. Houston Texans fans wouldn't blame J.J. if he were to either ask for a trade or be traded, especially if it's to Green Bay. Could you imagine that homecoming?
1: Oh, man, that would be amazing. I mean, how cool would it be for the kid from, from – he's from Pewaukee, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, kid from Pewaukee, left to go to Central Michigan, came back, great Wisconsin career, to come back home and maybe maybe play three to five years in Green Bay and, and end it as a Packer, and maybe with a ring or, or whatever. I, I would love it. It would be a great Hollywood story. If I was uh, J.J. Watt, hell, if I'm Deshaun Watson – I want out of Houston. They are brutally ruining Deshaun Watson. I mean, the kid, do you realize Deshaun Watson is thrown for 700 yards, six touchdowns, no picks, and been 0-2 yeah. in his last two weeks? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they've Meanwhile, DeAndre the Hopkins leads the
0: NFL in receptions
1: and yards. Exactly. You got rid of the best ru- uh, wide receiver in football. You brought in a broken running back. You traded away your first and second round picks for Laramie Tunsell. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere. What they need is draft capital, and maybe if you offer a, a third and a sixth for JJ Watt, I don't know if that's enough. I, I'm never good at at assessing how many you know what picks get anybody anything, but I think it would be a great move, and fans would love it. Oh my lord, would fans love bringing JJ Watt home
0: instantly? The top selling jersey, probably in the oh,
1: NFL. I, I think that's a good guess. I, I think. There would, I mean, how many JJ Watt jerseys would you see at training camp next year? Because I don't think you're going to be allowed to go to any games anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not at Lambeau. But how many JJ Watt jerseys riding bikes would you see next year on kids and on adults? I, I think that would be a slam dunk in terms of of jersey sales. But right. I don't know if the Packers want to give up that much. <laughs>
0: well, Ted Thompson isn't there anymore, so that's true. You never That's know. True. There could be some rolls of the dice that we otherwise would not have seen in the past. They, you know, Brian Gutekunst actually would go out and spend some money on a free agent, which uh, we all know that Ted was
1: uh, nine. Julius Peppers. Remember that morning when he saw I was in Chicago? I was a shock. Get, I was getting ready to get hammered at St. <laughs> Patrick's Day parade. And we we walked into the bar and my phone went off, and I am in a green uh, morph suit, Doug, with shamrocks all over it, getting ready to march in the Chicago parade. And my phone's going off, and all these friends came down from Milwaukee, and everybody's going crazy. We just signed Julius Peppers? Are you kidding me? I'm like, well, it's what's on Twitter, so it must be true. And there's that picture of of Peppers at Lambeau Field, right. and I'm like, oh it. my
0: gosh, we did not see that one coming by a no. long shot.
1: No, no, no. It was like when they signed when they traded for K Rod at the night of the All-Star break. Nobody saw that coming either.
0: I want to ask you this question because I I was actually looking back into uh, when I was doing my show on ESPN uh, when I had you on right before the Kansas City Chiefs game. And and I wanted to get you on then, number one, just to say hello and to talk to you again on the radio because it was fun. But you got to see the first few seasons of Patrick Mahomes. How special is this kid? How good can he be in your best estimation?
1: More than anything, Doug, they could give that kid the key to the city right now. Kansas City, it was we were talking about this um, because we, we didn't do a ton of sports on my station, but Mahomes was the story. Kansas City, you know, with all the infighting and we had a governor get recalled in Missouri named Eric Greitens and the Trump, Clinton, Trump, whatever, everything. Go, the one story the entire area on both sides of the Kansas and Missouri border could actually combine and and rally around was Patrick Mahomes because he came out of the gate as just this freak. I mean, he threw six touchdowns in his first start as the starter. He started week 17 one year his, uh, in, in his rookie season against Denver, but that didn't really count. I... Before, I was doing a little pre and post on the sports station down there. They had asked me to, to to join their coverage. I made the incredible claim that before the first game, Doug, he was the worst quarterback in the AFC West. And the AFC West at the time included Case Keenum. Really nailed Old that takes, one, didn't you, Wick? Old takes exposed. <laughs> hit me up on Instagram a year later. <laughs> That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> I felt really good. It, keeps, it pops back up every year or so. Um, <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Wow. I, I, I think that he is such a student of the game and got paired with the perfect head coach in, in Andy Reid, and they have built that team. He was the missing piece. I mean, they had Alex, Alex Smith, who was winning games, but Alex Smith couldn't throw the football 40 yards down the field. You've got Patrick Mahomes who can throw the ball 80 yards down the field if he needs to. And I don't think it has to happen very often, but the 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 no look passes, Doug, the left handed throws, all that is is just gravy on top. He is unbelievable, and he to me, he's like Aaron. Aaron can run, but he's not a running quarterback. Patrick Mahomes can run, but he's not a running quarterback. He's pinpoint accurate. He's very very smart. He makes very few mistakes. Uh, and and. He is a god for winning a championship, winning an MVP, being the Super Bowl MVP. He's a part owner of the Royals down there, Doug. He brought a Whataburger to Kansas City. Oh, which well, that people, that I by mean, itself. Exactly. Like, that's now the biggest thing he has ever done this year while everybody else was having a crappy 2020 he not only won a title, won a Super Bowl MVP, became a part owner of the Royals, brought a Whataburger, he got engaged to his, his college sweetheart, and they're having a baby girl. I mean, he's had the top 2020 of anybody I know. Seems like a good kid, too. He is a really nice guy, and he's on every damn commercial. Nationally, yes, but before that, locally. I mean, he is... He he's is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. He really is. I'm telling you right now. I mean, he's got the skill set of Aaron... He's got the, the 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 mentality of Aaron. I don't know if he ever wants to be anywhere else. I'm sure 12, 15 years from now, they'll talk about, well, as Patrick Mahomes lost it, we have to move on. But right now, that guy is, he is it. I mean, he is literally it. He is the Aaron Rodgers of Kansas City in popularity and, and what he means to that town. Unbelievable.
0: Mike Wickett, uh, who has spent most of the last hour with us here on the Doug Russell podcast. Uh, final thing before I let you go, uh, tell us where we can find your podcasts.
1: I am all over. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Wicket. There's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mike Wicket Podcasts. You can get them on uh, Amazon. Amazon. You can get them on Google, Spotify. Uh, You can get them on Apple Podcasts as well. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, download, appreciate it, tell a friend, all that and how is your podcast going, Doug? How is this going? Because I know you launched it, and I see it, a new one pop up like every other day.
0: Uh, I do, let's see, well, I do Wisconsin-centric shows, Wisconsin sports-centric shows on Monday and Friday. And then on Wednesday, it's really anything goes. It's sometimes I did a political interview uh, with one of the hosts on WTMJ a couple of weeks ago. That actually was pretty popular with Steve Scafidi. Um I've done some of my old uh, interviews that were either meaningful or... Uh, you know, th- when Vin Baker's talking about how he drank away $100 million, I did that uh, uh, interview a couple of weeks ago as well. It could be an entertainment podcast. Uh, really, Wednesdays, it, it's literally anything goes. And uh, so it's been been—it's been fun. It's been something that, uh, you know, in this whole COVID world, I've got the studio in my house. I might as well use it, right? So its it's been great.
1: You know, it's amazing. Like, podcasting wasn't even a thing 10 years ago. Like, Facebook wasn't a thing 15 years ago. I remember uh i signed i took a train back to milwaukee and my boss said our boss said hey you should probably get on this facebook thing and i said i don't know what that is but okay and then a couple like a year later hey you should get on this twitter thing people are using it you should get on this podcast thing i wish we had all listened when people said hey podcasting is the future or it'll be part of the future 10 15 years ago because then we'd all be joe rogan and we'd all be rich, but right. none of us did that. Doug. Right. Now we're all now we're, we're all, all jumping into the ocean with the other fish. So well, oh, I'm glad to I'm glad to see you're doing it because I know that COVID gotcha at at ESPN. Not the virus itself, but it sure. caused a lot of lot of people to lose gigs. And, and I saw that news, and I saw our friends at Entercom got chopped all over the country and iHeart and everybody. It just kind of sucks what, what COVID did, but you know this gives you a chance to still do what you love, and, and that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been fun and it uh, it keeps the, the skills sharp uh, for when that phone call does come. But I, I want to keep doing this even after, you know, I, I would like to continue doing terrestrial radio. I'd still like to do that. But even after that does happen again on whatever format and whatever level that, uh, you know, materializes, I still want to do this. This has been a blast over the last it's, I've only been doing this a month, um, but it's been a, a really fun month so far.
1: The difference is you're your own boss right now, right? You yeah, know, you don't ha- you don't have a program director. Uh, obviously, you'd like to have advertising and and make dollars doing it. Um, I was, I got hit by COVID with that actually, Doug. So I, I I lost out on some advertising for the podcast. So my advice to anybody who wants to do this is stick with it, know your story, tell your story, whatever it is, however often you do it, and and just be consistent with it because. You know, stories like the ones that get told on on Doug's podcast or mine or whatever, um, you know, they matter to people. And it's the new way we're listening to stuff. It, It really is. I will always love terrestrial radio. And one day I'd like to come back out of retirement but this is kind of a, a neat way to uh, to communicate as well. Yeah,
0: it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Uh, originally, when we were texting back and forth earlier in the week, how long will this be? 15 minutes tops. tops. Sure, yeah. Absolute oh, tops. yeah.
1: I mean, it'll take some serious editing on your end to get this down to 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing about podcasting is, you know, uh, when when my wife Erica was asking me, uh, so how long are you going to make each show? And I'm like, uh do Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's exactly. As lo- it's as
1: long as it is. The the show yeah. is as long as the show is. It's as long as it needs to be. I mean, I, Doug, I did one on when the Packers drafted Jordan Love. It was six minutes, but okay. it was that was it. It was like get your boom, get it out there. You know what I mean? There you go. Just keep just keep publishing, right? Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. i appreciate it. Continued success. I had Erica for me. All right.
0: Hope you enjoyed that conversation from about a year ago. Uh, my old WSSP co-host Mike Wickett, and maybe we do need to do. Kind of a a requiem, if you will, with some of the old gang from the old radio station as their 17-year history is now just that. It is now history. But I think a lot of uh, you that listen to our old shows and some of the uh, shows that were on more recently would really get a kick out of that. I would be up for it. If everyone else is up for it, maybe we can get this thing kick-started. Anyway, uh, enjoy the Packers game on Friday night. Again, all of your Packers coverage, both pregame, during the game, play-by-play, Wayne Larrabee, Larry McCarron. 97.3 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. This is the Doug Russell Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.